Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, it's me, Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Operating in Authority. We had a dynamic time today. We learned, we laughed, we had a great time. And today's subtitle is Do What I Say. And you'll find out more about that as we get into the Word. I am so glad that you decided to join us today. And I know you're going to be marvelously blessed. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. You can go to www.kingdomrock.org or you can simply go to facebook.com forward slash Pastor Mark A. Stroud and you'll find me right there. And I'll be so glad to have you. I really will. Don't forget to get the app as well. And I know it's going to bless you. Come on and enjoy Jesus with us. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Do What I Say, which is part five of the series entitled, Operating in Authority, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Book of Luke, the book of Luke, the uh, 10th chapter, Luke 10. Remember, we're, we are still in a series. We are still in a series entitled Operating in Authority. Operating in Authority, and this would actually be part number five in that series. Operating in Authority, uh, part number five. And uh, I believe we're going to entitle this, I believe we're going to entitle this, uh, Do What I Say. How about that? do what I say. Praise the Lord. I know we just prayed, but just pray with me just one more time. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this time, opportunity to bring forth your word. Lord, I do ask that um, you just speak through me and uh, that you give the people a heart to hear and to understand. Let us all learn today and grow thereby. Our hearts are at ease and at rest. Now, Lord, we ask that you would just pour in and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Remember, we're going to just rehearse a few scriptures. And at the beginning of this series, <clears throat> now let me take this before we really get started here today. Uh, I believe we're taking another turn in the series. So there'll be a lot of things today that I'll be trying to wrap up because we're going to be taking another turn in the authority message or maybe coming out of it all together. Remember, the flow of the message is on you. Are you hearing me? The flow of the message is on you. If you're hungry for steak and potatoes, God will keep giving to you, keep giving steak and potatoes to you. Amen. Amen. But when we hunger for something else, when we have lost a desire for it, then it begins to wane and fizzle out, and then God brings up something else. But if you are hungry for the Word of God, and you want to learn the Word of God, the Father is is uh, faithful to pour it out to you. Amen. Amen. So Amen. I thank you in advance. And I thank uh, those of you who have been praying with me during this series, uh, because this is a very important series for us to learn and also to understand. Let me tell you now, you're actually being prepared for a confrontation with the enemy. Amen. You're being prepared Amen. for an eventual confrontation. If you're not being confronted by the adversary now, if you stay on the right side of things, you will be confronted. Yes. 
So the Lord is preparing you for confrontation. He's arming you for the confrontation. We're not just here in church just lollygagging and just, I mean, we're loving on each other. We're thanking God for it. We're worshiping the Lord. But the Lord is, we're also here to learn and be empowered so that we may have victory over the adversary. Remember the Bible says in the book of Revelations that uh, we are the overcomers. Now, to be an overcomer, that means you must overcome something. You have something to overcome, something to war against. So uh, I'm going to show you today. We're gonna, I'm going to show you a lot of things. So I pray that you're ready and you're open and receptive to hear this and ready to take good notes and follow me in, your, in the Bible. Now, don't forget to get, uh, if you have not heard parts one, two, three, or four, they are available. We thank God for our media ministry. Uh, having those um, materials available for you here on the side here on CD. They're also available online and also on the app so that you can go back and meditate in the Word of God. Again, let me tell you, this is serious business. I can't tell you. I woke up this morning uh, understanding the seriousness of the impact of this Word. Because you will be confronted by the enemy. Now, whether you are successful after that engagement is entirely up to you. Okay, not up to God. It's up to you. You understand that? So there, there is a different weight on me today because I know the seriousness of this. I know the weight of this. Okay? So I pray that you're open and ready to get into the Word of God. All right. So here again in Luke 10, I said we're going to rehearse some things. Luke 10 uh, and uh, we're going to look at verse number 19, Luke 10, 19, and it says this. Are you ready? It says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let's go to Luke 9, Luke 9 and 1. We visited these on last time. Luke 9 and 1 says, then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and what? Authority over all devils, all devils. I want you to see the, the, parallel, the, the parallel here. Here, He gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Flip back to Luke 10. Over how many devils there in Luke 9? All. All, all power over. He gave them again. He gave them power and authority over all devils. You see that? Go back to Luke number 10. Luke 10 verse 19, it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over what? All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the Lord, we know the Lord is well equipping us for battle, well equipping us for war. Amen. Amen. He is assuring us that nothing we come up against in this walk with him, there, there will be nothing that can stand before us. Now, we see a good parallel of this there in the book of uh, Joshua. As the Lord told Joshua, I'll be with you all the days of your life. He said, keep the law. Do, in other words, do what I said. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I will never fail you. And every enemy, every obstacle that would come in their way, they were meant to simply to tread upon them, to just mow over them. They couldn't stop. The enemy could not stop them as long as they were in the will of God. Are you hearing? 
All right. So we see these great parallels there as the Lord, even in the Old Testament, as the Lord called uh, the church to tread upon their enemies, to tread upon the enemies. And even Joshua so, uh, showed the, uh, his captains, his leaders, how to put his feet, how to put their feet on the enemy's neck. We see that in the Old Testament. We're not going to get that today. But Joshua called the people around and said, look at this. He brought the kings, the, the enemies, kings, the foreign kings, and, and told them to get on the ground. And he put, he put his foot on their necks. This is how you subdue your enemy. This is how you subdue your adversary. Amen. Now, all of this tells us, and we're, I'm going to show you proof, a lot of proof text today. We'll go through a lot of scripture. But all of us, this tells us that there should, there should not be one moment in a believer's life that you were ever defeated. Not one single solitary moment. There should not be one moment where the devil is on you and he's hitting you and, you and he's beating you senseless. And you're being defeated by him or you're being overtaken by him. There should not be one moment. Why? Because Jesus has given you authority over all devils and over all the power of the enemy. So if we see a scene where the devil is on somebody really beating them up, especially if they're a believer, really beating them up and they're depressed all the time, they're angry, they're, they're upset, they're really being defeated, that's a picture that was never meant to be seen. Amen. Are you understanding? Amen. We should never see that picture. The believer must rise in the authority of Christ and subdue the enemy. You, I'm going to show you today, I pray by the word of God, by the spirit of God, that you were created to conquer. You were created to rule. Amen. You were created for warfare. And you were also created to serve, created to worship, created for the pleasure of God. Are you hearing me? Amen. So I said before uh, that we're going to take a look at the uh, authority and the present in the past and in the future. We're going to look at all of it to get really just a good feel and impact of it all. And today we're going to be doing a little bit more of that. So just in a way of recap, we talked about dunamis. Uh, we talked about uh, the, the two different types of authority, one dunamis and the other what? Exousia, right? Uh, exousia meaning um, our authority to speak and to say and to command and something has to obey you. Dunamis talks about uh, power or strength, your power or strength or your ability really to subdue the enemy. And a good picture of that is a policeman. The policeman has, when he says stop in the name of the law, that's an example of what? Exousia, authority, right? He's using his authority, stop. And his dunamis or the power would be the gun on his side. Okay. Right. Or the handcuffs to restrain you if you don't follow what I say. Amen. So Jesus has armed us with both uh, authority, exousia and dunamis power. I have authority and power over the enemy. Now, that needs to translate into your life other than just being words in a book. You understand? If you were confronted by the enemy, uh, by the devil, or by some demon or fallen angel, and you bring your Bible and put it in his face, he'll slap the Bible down. Because the Bible in itself is just your Bible in your lap, it's just pages with ink on it. But it is active when you put it in you, and then you speak it forth by faith. You exercise it by faith, and then that word comes alive. Okay? 
there was a good there was a dear sister that was in the hospital and she was um, she asked for a um, well, my pastor tells this uh, account. She called him to, to come up into the um, to the hospital, and um, he enters the room, and she has a Bible sitting on her chest, the Bible open and sitting on her chest. And he asked her, "Okay, were you just reading?" She said, "No, I just, um, you know, were you reading and then fell asleep?" No, she said, I, "I, I, just thought that if I had the Bible open and laying on me, I'd get healed." And then the Lord told him to tell her, it's not just having the word on you. You've got to have the word in you. The word has to be in you. It's not enough just to be surrounded by the word in a word atmosphere. The word must get in you. Okay? So you hear the word and then you exercise that word or you do that word and then you'll see the fruit of it. Okay? It's not enough just to come to church and hear it. It's not enough just to skim through the Bible. That word must be active in you. It must be active in you. You've got to exercise it. You've got to do what you hear. Hallelujah. And once you do that, then you will receive the fruit of it. Then you will see the blessing of God manifest in your life, not just in the hearing. Praise the Lord. All right. All right. All right. All right. So let's go further because I really need you to get this. Understand this something, because as we are a body of believers, as we are a family, as you are an overcomer and you defeat your enemy, guess what happens? We get excited. Right? The whole body prospers when I see you defeating your enemy. When I see you prosper, the whole body is excited. You prosper, I prosper. You defeat your enemy. Hey, we all can clap on that. Hallelujah. Amen. But by the same token, if the enemy is overwhelming you and you're always under, if you have accepted the condition of this life, I'll always be broke. I'll always be sick. Nothing's ever going to happen for me. It's always no. Get that off of me. I'm alert. You give me hives. You know, I'm allergic to that. What in the world are you talking about? Are you hearing? Yes. I need some soap to wash that off. I don't even want that to come out of my mouth. But when one of us has that sort of mentality of being under, it affects the body as well. Hallelujah. So why are we going through this? Why is it important for us to understand? It's important to understand because all of us have to be more than conquerors through Christ. No area, you don't need to accept any area of your life as defeat. Don't accept any of it. As long if you have a promise of God on that thing, if you have a word of God about that thing, and if that thing is contrary to the word of God, if God says that you are prosperous and there's poverty there or there is lack there, then you reject that thing. You reject the poverty. You reject the lack on the basis of what God said. Are you hearing but if you accept it, that will be your condition. Yes, If you accept it, that will be your condition. But you don't have to accept it if you've got a word on it. Now, you hearing me? Now, my God, I want to get into this. All right. Thank you, Lord. For many of us, many of us have just accepted some things. You say, I tried God, but nothing happened. Oh, 
and then we just stop. But it ought not to be. We need to begin to question what went wrong. Let me give you an example. If you go into your house and you turn on your light switch, you flick the switch and the lights don't come on, do you just readily accept it? No. You say, did I pay my bill? <laughs> yes, I remember paying my bill, right? You may say, I know I paid my bill. You flick the switch and the light does not come on. You immediately go into investigation mode to find out what's wrong. Okay, uh, maybe the light bulb is out. Let me try this, take, unscrew this one and put a new light in, right? Or maybe the fuse, maybe the, something blew the circuit and you go to your fuse box and you, and you flick that thing, right? You try this and you try that, wondering why that's not working because you know it should be working. All things being equal, you know when you flick that switch, the light should come on. Now, if we have that kind of faith in something that man put together, why can't we have that kind of faith in God? I flick my switch of prosperity. What? Flick, 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 flick. Let me go to the fuse box. Holy Ghost, tell me. Show me where's the disconnect. Show me where's the problem. I flick the switch of healing. I flip the switch of this or that. Show me where is the disconnect. Where is the problem? Because I know in accordance to your word, I should be seeing some light right now. Instead of just click, clip. Oh, well, I guess it's not working. I'll go ahead and sit in the dark for a while. I guess just. I guess I just sit in the dark. No, it's time to go in investigation mode. God said it should work. He said it should work. His word works 100% of the time. This should be working. God, why isn't this working? Hallelujah. Even get to the point of you say, I got to call an electrician out here. I know I paid my bill. Uh, 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 Carol EMC, Georgia Power. Uh, hey, uh, my light's on. Yes, it's on. All right. Well, I know I paid y'all. Something's wrong. Send out somebody. You call an electrician in. Everything's just working. There must be something on the pole. You even call your neighbor's house. You got power on over there? Is the power on in your house? You're going to call around. It's the power of the street lights on. You want to know, right? Because this should be working. Hallelujah. So what we need you to do is not receive the report of the adversary. Because what you receive is what you'll have. And what you have is what we have. As a church and as the body of Christ. Right? Hallelujah. But if you confront the enemy, and that's the point where we're building up to, where you begin to confront those things that go contrary to the word of God in your life. Those things that are contrary, you begin to confront it. No, I know I'm not supposed to have this. I'm supposed to have that. I know this is the word of God. I know this is how it should be. And so we begin to confront the adversary and everything that stands in the way of us possessing what God said we should have. 
You should walk in peace in your life. Hallelujah. Regardless of the, all the hell that's around you, you should still walk in peace. You should walk in love. You should walk in joy. You should be more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. You should be an overcomer. You should be blessed beyond measure. Regardless of what happens in the economy or folk around you talking and scheming and conniving, you should still have heaven in you operating through you, affecting a change in the world around you. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a child of God. Are we understanding? So for us to say, oh, the devil's on my back. Oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. Somebody give me that bar of soap because that's giving me the hives. The heebie-jeebies. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not telling you that you won't have opportunities of depression. Sure, we'll all have opportunities of depression. We'll all have opportunities to have down days. Hallelujah. And sometimes this is the exception and not the rule. See, here's the thing. Some of us, it's the rule where we're always depressed, always upset, always under, always under the weather, always under circumstances. That's the rule, but it should never be the rule. It should be an exception. Are you hearing? He says, so-and-so is not normally like this. Something's got to be wrong. And then we all go rally around and pick you back up. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing? Because we know that's not supposed to be. Now, here again, I'm not saying that we should all go around grinning like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking give you a straight jacket. Something's up with you. But there should be a joy in the presence of the Lord that is innocent flows through us. Hallelujah. Remember, your life is like a billboard for Christ. Either good or bad. When you represent the Lord, your life is a billboard for him. And your billboard will either point this way to Jesus or it'll say, don't come this way. Don't come this way. Are you hearing well, praise Jesus. Talk among yourselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Are y'all ready to go forward now? So we've talked about exousia. We've talked about dunamis. We've talked about power and authority. And I pray you got that in you. One way you know you have it in you or one way to get it in you is to confess it over your life is to begin to confess it over your life and receive the word of God as true fact, as true fact. His word is true fact, and everything that is of the contrary or everything that is negative to it, call that a lie. Amen. Call that a lie. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. Don't accept the devil's lie as truth. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so we talked about that, talked about treading and uh, treading on the enemy and really just walking through the earth as a victorious, as a conquering people. That's what we need to be walking through the earth as a victorious, conquering people, subduing our enemies, subduing our enemies. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> this is wonderful. <clears throat> so today we're going to go right to the very beginning of things. We're going to go to the very beginning of things. 
and the beginning of this whole authority thing, and hopefully we can do it in just a few minutes, but I don't want to rush it, but in a few minutes. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> go to Genesis. Or rather, go to Revelation. Let's go back to the, actually in the back of the book, it gives you some uh, indications of what happened in the front of the book. So go to Revelation, Revelation 12. Revelation 12. And also, uh, hold your finger there and go to Genesis 1. Okay, go to Genesis 1. I know I said it, but praise the Lord. That's why you got to pray for your pastor. Genesis 1 and Revelation 12. Genesis 1, 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, and darkness was, and darkness was upon, rather, and darkness, rather, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and, um, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. Now, whenever God creates something, let's go ahead and put this here. Whenever God creates something, it is good and it is perfect. Amen. It is flawless. He does not create something that is void and without form. You can't show me that anywhere in creation where God created just a pile of poo, just a pile of mess, something void, something lifeless, something without form, something without purpose. It's not there. Everything God creates is good and is perfect. Okay? So we see in verse number one, God created the heaven, heavens and the earth, done deal. Verse two, something happened between verse one and verse two. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you this. Verse 2 says, verse 1, here again, the all creation, the planet earth, the moon, stars, everything in perfect, perfect array, perfect splendor. He created perfect. Verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth. Okay, so something happened between verse 1 and verse number 2 to cause the earth the planet we live in to be in such darkness and array something happened some cataclysmic event took place well we believe that that cataclysmic event was the war in heaven let's go to revelation here again uh, revelation 12 revelation 12 and um Let me show you something here. Revelation 12. And let's start. We can start reading really verse number one. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. Now, of course, Revelation has a lot of symbolism. But the woman here is talking about the church. Okay. It's talking about some past things. It's talking about some very future things. So we're. And also current, but I'll just go with me and I'll clue you in, okay? And there appeared a and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman. Um, one second, yeah, a woman clothed with the sun, talking about the church, and the sun under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, twelve stars, and she being with child, travailing in birth and pain. Uh, to be delivered. Verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Now this really begins to begin to talk about the, uh, the war in heaven here. And there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon 
this is the devil, Lucifer, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And he, and rather than his tail, drew a third of the stars of heaven and did cast them where? To earth. Now, we know we can get further on, but I don't want to get too deep into this, only knowing this, that uh, somewhere between verse 1 and verse 2 in Genesis, uh, the enemy... Uh, who was the archangel Lucifer, had the idea, I'm going to ascend and I'm going to be like the Most High God. He's going to make himself into God. Well, the archangel Michael withstood him. And uh, somewhere in that confrontation, uh, the archangel Lucifer drew a third of the, the Bible says here, stars. These are actually the angels. A third of an innumerable number of angels came with him in his rebellion against uh, God in heaven. All right. So verse four says again, he said, a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them where? This is very important. Cast them where? To the earth. Cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood uh, before the woman, which was ready to be delivered uh, for to devour her child as soon as she was, rather soon as it was born. All right. The confrontation really, uh, eventual um the eventual uh, conflict between Christ, okay, the church, the woman representing the church, she would birth Christ, the one that will eventually stand against the dragon, okay? Amen. Are you with me? <clears throat> Look down at, um, at verse number seven. It says, and there was what in heaven? And there was war in heaven, all right? Here again, it says, says it here, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, that is the archangel Lucifer, and the dragon found, rather than the, and the dragon uh, fought and his angels. So there is actual confrontation, angels fighting against angels. All right, we know why. Here again, Lucifer deceived those uh, one third of an innumerable um, number of angels, right? That is a number that cannot be counted. He deceived them and they fought with him against the archangel Michael. Verse 8 says, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Verse number 9, and the great dragon was cast out. He gives him another name here, that old serpent called who? The devil and called what? Satan which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out where? I can't hear you. Where? I can't hear you. Where? He was cast out. He and the fallen were cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out uh, with him. Amen? All right, that's what I want you to see. So we go back over to Genesis now. <clears throat> Genesis 1. So there is war... And we see as a result of that war, light was taken from the earth. That's why in verse number two, darkness is there. Light is removed, God's glory. So in effect, God steps back from the planet earth, turns off the lights, if you, if you will. War in heaven, the enemy falls to the earth. The earth is in darkness. The devil's there, and all Satan, the dragon, and all the fallen angels are there in darkness upon planet Earth. You see that? So before verse number two, well, in verse two, we see the Earth is void and without form and darkness. Darkness. 
not only, of course, there was no natural light because the sun was not made until later, natural light, but there was no spirit light. There was no glory of God upon it. Remember, God's light or his glory means his favor or his approval. So darkness means I do not approve of this. So he turned off the lights. So after the war in heaven, they were cast out into the earth. The earth was dark. God's glory turned off. But now in verse number two, he steps back in and is about to recreate, about to reshape, reform. And man is shortly about to step on the scene. Are you still with me? So I said that to say this, that man was born into a hostile environment. Are you hearing me? We were created in a hostile environment. You were formed, shaped. God breathed life into Adam, took one of his ribs out, made Eve. Where was the devil? Already on the earth. Where were the one third of the innumerable amount of angels that fought against, that fought with the devil? Uh, they were on the earth. They were already there. You understanding? This is why you see this language here in chapter, uh, same chapter one. Look at verse number 26. Genesis 1, 26 says, and God said, let us make man in, in our image and after our likeness. Talking about the Godhead, of course, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All right. Man is in three parts. Everything in the universe goes in threes. Right? Man's in three parts. Body, soul, spirit. Let us make man our own image and after our likeness. And what? And let them have what? Dominion. I'm sorry. Let them have what? Dominion. Let them have dominion. Do you know what dominion means? Uh, we're going to look at it, Brother Kelly. Very good. But the, uh, the Hebrew word for dominion here is rada. Say rada. 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 And rada means, let me, let me write it down for you. Yeah. Here is the actual um, ra, two little marks there, da, rada, say rada. Ra, All right, are we doing good today? Rada means to rule, have dominion. It means to dominate, dominate, to tread down, to subjugate. Now, that's a foreign word to some of us. Subjugate means to bring under complete control or subjection, to conquer or to master. So when mankind is born, breathe life into. Here's his assignment already. He already has an assignment to subjugate the earth. Rule it. Bring it under submission. Now, if the earth was a peaceful environment, why did God say subjugated are you understanding Amen. say with me I was created to rule. rule look at this he said let them have dominion that is subjugate bring under complete control and uh, bring under complete control or or uh, conquer or master all right he said let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and what? Over all the earth. 
and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So he gave, God gave man, mankind, male and female, gave mankind authority to rule over all, say all, all. over all the earth, not just the Garden of Eden. You understand that? He gave them influence over the entire planet and told Adam and Eve, and we'll see it further on, be fruitful and multiply and subdue it. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and look at this. Verse number, uh, verse number two says, so God created man uh, in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish. Say replenish. Now, if we're out of cereal at home, now I'm not, I'm not a big cereal, cereal eater, but some of you are big. Any cereal, cereal eaters? All right. If you're out of Cocoa Puffs at home, right, and it's time to go buy some more Cocoa Puffs, okay? Let's say when you go home, you say you have a container for your cereal, right? You don't, you don't eat it out of the box. You open up a container, you pour your cereal uh, into the container, close it up, seal it up, and you throw your box away. You say, I like mine that way. That way you can display it in your house, all your different <laughs> types of cereals, okay? When Cocoa Puffs, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> so when you see your Cocoa Puffs is about gone, you tell mom or dad, we have to replenish this. Meaning it had some in it before, but now it's gone, right? One command that God gives to Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply and what? Replenish the earth, which means also that there was already a population, populous on the earth at one point. Are y'all ready to go with me? Replenish it. Now, there is a school of thought that says that um, the earth was populated already with a race of beings before the war in heaven broke out. And when the war in heaven broke out, all that mess came to the came to the earth and destroyed the populace of earth. And all those that had bodies at that time uh, no longer have bodies. But everything that God makes, uh, you know, it has a spirit. Everything that God makes with a, a spirit, of course, is a is spirit and goes on forever. Okay, so these beings that populated the earth at one point lost their body, but still are here in spirit form. Some call them demons. So the earth was already populated. They lost their forms. So they could possibly possibly be at the creation of Adam and Eve, two separate type of beings on the planet. Demons and fallen angels. Talk about being on earth in a hostile environment. So God gives Adam and Eve the command. He says, I want you to dominate the planet. Dominate the planet. Okay. Eventually, the Lord will bring them all to judgment. And we see in the book of Revelations, they all be cast into the lake of fire, be done away with. You don't destroy your spirit. The spirit has eternal life. You're going to live somewhere. Are y'all still with me today? I'm trying to get this to you. 
So first he tells him to have dominion, dominate the planet. You were created to dominate. Tell your neighbor, say, you were created to dominate. All right, then he says, uh, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and what? Subdue it. Subdue it. Subdue it. Now, if someone is already in chains, why in the world tell them to subdue it? If they were already locked away, why tell them to subdue it? If things were already under control, why tell them to subdue it? Right? If there's a criminal over there and police come and say, you know, subdue him. What they do? They want to put them in handcuffs, get down on the ground. Get down, get down, get down, get down, get down. Right. They get on the get on ground, spread your legs and all that. Right. They get the little zip ties or whatever. I don't know how they start the zip ties, but. Guess they're less expensive than handcuffs or something. So they zip tie him and then they pick him up. All right, get in the car. He's subdued. Right? Or they get him in the, the, the uh, ankle, I mean the ankle chains and the hand chains. And they do like this, right? <laughs> subdued. You're not going anywhere. So here are two commandments that God gives man. God gives man. Okay? Now look at this. Praise the Lord. Somebody having flashbacks or something? I don't know. All right. God gives man. He creates man, Adam and Eve. Only two persons at this point in flesh form on the earth. Only two persons there with an innumerable amount of fallen angels and demons. And says, I want y'all subdue this thing what does that tell you about the amount of of authority and power that must be in man must be would you put your child in an environment like that but God says I know what I've made in you I know what I've made in you and he gives them a, a sphere of of jurisdiction, of, 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 of influence. He gives them the garden and says, all right, y'all take this and then I want y'all to multiply, have some babies and your babies go out and they grow up and they take this place, they take that, they take this. And so mankind as a whole will dominate the entire planet having all these things underfoot until the eventual judgment when God will lock them all away, put them all into the fire and yes. those things will burn forever because of the rebellion. Yes, Lord. Does that make sense to you? Amen. All right. Amen. Now let's try to go just a little bit deeper. Okay. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm trying to get it to you. 1 Corinthians 15. Now Adam 1 Corinthians 15, Adam and Eve were given authority. The glory of God was on them to do a number of things. One, subdue, or rather dominate, to subdue, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. Right? That's the command here. I want you to take control. Adam, Eve, take control of the earth. Mankind, take control of it. Okay? 
In other words, man was meant to be God's agents of judgment to the fallen until they could be put away in hell. So when we say, oh, God, the devil's on my back. What's wrong with you? You must not understand what's in your DNA. Say with me, I was created to rule. Oh, y'all not saying it yet. You'll get it. Let's say it again. What? Go ahead. You need to say that and learn that and know that in the depths of your soul. So when the enemy steps up to you, you need to have this attitude. Pick up your belt and say, whoo, boy. <laughs> me? <laughs> you trying to step to me? No, he might be talking about y'all. He might be talking. You talking to me? Oh, you must not know. Woo! I have authority and power. Amen. Mm. Let's try to land this thing. I just. First Corinthians 15. Are you there? Look at verse number 45. Just one verse. Verse 45 says, "And so it is written." The first Adam, say first Adam. The first Adam, who's what Adam he's talking about? Genesis, right? The first Adam was made a living soul. Then it says something strange. What does it say? The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Last Adam. Who is the last Adam? Jesus Christ. Okay. Let me put some things in a nutshell for you because we're not going to get it all today. First Adam. Now, the, I'm thankful the Bible does not say and the second Adam. If it said the second Adam, then that would imply what? That there could be a third and a fourth and a fifth and so forth and so on. But the Bible calls Jesus the last, meaning I got the job done. There's no need for another. Let me just bring it up. Can I just bring this to you? Okay. All right, Lord, here we go. The first Adam had authority. Adam and Eve had authority and was called to rule and to reign. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, the dragon already on the planet influences a serpent a snake the snake was not the devil the snake was just an instrument that the devil used to speak to adam and eve the snake comes to them and and begins to persuade them to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil okay the bible says the woman was deceived but the man was not his eyes were wide open there was a transaction. There's so much more I could show you, my God. But there was a transaction in Adam and Eve's disobedience. There was a transaction. The enemy wanted the authority that was on them. Okay? Adam and Eve had a desire to be like God, but they didn't understand they were already like God. They were formed in his image after his likeness. But he deceived them, where he deceived the woman, but not the man. Just read the book. Okay? I don't know which one is worse. 
being deceived and doing wrong or knowing with my eyes wide open that I'm doing wrong and then do it anyway. I don't know which one is worse. Are you hearing? There was some sort of transaction. The Bible says, again, Adam and Eve were together. They were both naked or naked, wherever you want to go. Naked and not ashamed. Which means that they saw each other in the glory. They saw each other in the glory of God with the anointing of God and the, and the, and the Lord's righteousness upon their lives. Yes, yes. They were naked and weren't ashamed. Yes, yes. Now, if we talk about shame, shame has to come from with shame comes from within. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes. I'm not sure how you've been naked before or something in front of somebody else. <laughs> and they said, well, you know, you had something on, <laughs> and, and, and you felt ashamed. Was it them putting shame on you, or did you feel that coming from within? Okay. In other words, Adam and Eve were secure in who they were with God. They were secure in the glory. They saw each other through God's lenses, through the lenses of God, through the eyes of God. Hallelujah. Naked, not ashamed. When they completed the transaction with the enemy, given the authority that they had over to the enemy in disobedience, what they had went to the devil. And what the devil had, a fallen sight, an unglorious sight, was given to them. And the Bible says that their eyes became open. Now, that does not say that Adam and Eve went around like this. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Eve? How you doing? Where are you? Okay. Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? No, their eyes were already open. But they saw each other through the eyes of God, through the glory. When they disobeyed, what they had was taken away from them. They gave it over to the enemy. They gave the authority over the authority of what? The authority over all the earth. To the enemy. And they received what the devil had, transaction complete. They got his sight, a fallen sight. Yes. And once they received the fallen sight, they both knew, oh, baby, you got no clothes on. <laughs> you don't have none on need, baby. <laughs> uh, let's go get some leaves and, uh, and sow it and cover ourselves up. We, we be not decent here. Right? Fallen sight. They began to see each other's weaknesses, see each other's faults. These things were covered by God. Are you hearing? All right. So they partake of it, transaction complete. We see another example of this in the book of Genesis as well with Jacob and Esau. As, uh, as Jacob uh, persuaded Esau to give the birthright deceived in birthright as he deceived his father Isaac to give him the blessing a deception to take authority so the enemy had authority but God prophesied let's look at this prophecy and then I think we're going to close out here let's go back to Genesis trying to land the plane let's go back to Genesis let's look at Genesis the third chapter as it talks about the prophecy here of what would happen. So in Genesis the third chapter, Genesis the third chapter, Adam and Eve fell. 
they were deceived, or Eve was deceived, the man was not deceived, I don't know which one was worse, and God begins to tell them the results of what had happened. I want to start in verse 14 as the Lord talks to the serpent, all right, talks to the physical serpent. And the Lord, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. Now remember, so at one point we know the serpent had legs. He had some form of legs. Part of his curse, legs were taken away. And now got to move around. Okay? You're cursed. All right? Then he talks to the enemy in verse number 15. Talks to the devil in 15. Transaction has been completed. The devil now, Satan, Lucifer, now has authority over the planet Earth. Legally and rightfully. Okay? Verse 15 says... The Lord, the Lord is talking to Satan, and I will put enmity or warring or hostility between thee and the woman. It says between thy seed, seed of the devil, right, and her seed. Now the man carries seed, not woman. So this is talking about a virgin birth. Okay, I will put warring and hostility between your seed and the virgin birth here, which talks about Christ. It said, it shall bruise, it, talking about Christ, shall bruise thy head. Okay, Christ shall bruise your head. Head, talking about authority, right? It shall bruise, the word bruise here means to crush or to strike. It, Christ, shall crush your head or crush your authority. Crush. Coming soon. So this was a trailer of what was coming soon. Devil, yeah, you got authority now. But I'm going to bring my son, Christ, into the world, and he's going to crush your head. But at great expense. This was not going to be free. He said, thou will crush, he said, he will um, bruise thy head or crush or strike, and thou shalt bruise, crush, or strike his heel. Heel is where the power comes in. You hit with that heel. Okay, where well, the weight of the body is at tremendous expense, the son of God, Christ, the woman's seed would obtain the authority. And wasn't that true? Amen. Wasn't didn't he endure tremendous things on the cross of Calvary? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The Bible, uh, the scripture says and uh, theologians say he was beaten beyond recognition. Mm. Beaten beyond recognition, a terrible, terrible price. But we see he regains the authority he had. He regains man's authority. We see there, we already read in Matthew, the 28th chapter, Matthew 28, the Lord said after his resurrection, all power is given unto me. Where? In heaven and in earth. In heaven and in earth. I got it back. Are you hearing? He said, I got it back. Now, let me say this last thing. Go, go to the book of Luke. I just want to show you this. We're not going to get to all of it today, but Luke 4. Can you tear with me, just tarry with me for just a moment longer? Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? Amen. How do we know that the transaction was complete between 
the devil and uh, mankind. How do we know that transaction is complete? We see an example of this in Luke 4, uh, and we're going to look at um, verses 5 through 7. Now, here is when the last Adam is tempted just like the first Adam. Both Adams were tempted by the devil. The first Adam saw what was happening and gave in. But the last Adam saw what was happening and said, "Uh uh-uh, no way. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Verse 5 says, And the devil taketh him up, or taking him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6, And the devil said to him, talking to Jesus, the devil said to Jesus, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. Why, why, why? For that is what? Delivered unto me. But where did he get it? He got it from the first Adam. He said that was delivered to me and to whomsoever I will I give it. And the devil's been given authority to others to operate. All right. So he's saying to Jesus, hey, I got the authority I got from the first Adam. You think you're somebody special? I got his. I'm going to get yours, too. Are you hearing? So we know that that didn't work out. And so here we are. We can go and clap. Let's go and clap our hands to the Lord. Yeah, let's go and clap. That's a good clap point. And so here we are as we go back into the book of Luke, Luke 10 and Luke 9, where the Lord says, I give you authority. He gave them authority. Now, here's, here's the unrisen Lord in Luke 9 and Luke 10. Unrisen, he's not risen, but he comes down with the authority of Adam to same mission, dominate, subdue, same authority of Adam because his bloodline is not tampered. He's his blood from the father. He's not a part of the bloodline of, of Adam. So he has the same power and authority coming down with the kingdom of God upon his life. And he goes around subduing and taking control. Everywhere where the devil was inhabiting, Jesus said, uh-uh, get out. Uh-uh, get out. Which is exactly what the first Adam should have done. Uh-uh, get out. Uh-uh, get out. Uh-uh, get out. Uh-uh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We ought to be doing the two-two step. Uh-uh, get out. Come on. Uh-uh, get out. Uh-uh, get out. Right? The first Adam should have done that. But the last Adam definitely did. And he began to show us how to rule and take authority. And now that he is risen, all the authority that he possessed is now with us. He freely gives it to us to rule and to dominate and to subdue the earth. So that means in every area of life, we ought to be dominating and subduing more than conquerors. Nothing on this planet or above this planet, or around in the universe, is able to stop the body of Jesus Christ, Amen. is able to stop the church. Amen. Where, there are, where there is wrong, where there are wrongs, you were created to make it right. You are here through Jesus Christ to undo the work of the enemy. You're here to destroy it, to tear it down, to march as an army 
throughout this earth, bringing things back in right order, back in right perspective. We are called to bring heaven, the rule of heaven to the earth. Then the Lord Jesus said this, I want you to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All those fallen angels or demons, if you want to say, are still here on the planet and they are still tormenting men and they will try to torment you if you allow it. Say with me, it's in my DNA to rule. Now, the next time we come together, we're going to be talking about the Lord willing. We'll be talking about the submission and and how the ranking and structure works in authority. How the ranking, I'm, I'm so excited to get into that. I really am. But we're going to stop there for today. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. We can do much better than that. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.